This convention brought to you by Mike Delay. I do love <laughs> all of those moments that are like, well, my favorite one was when uh, they cut to Pelosi and she was already talking at oh, the same yeah. time. As, uh, She's like, I know what I don't want to have happen. An awkward pause before right. I start talking. <laughs> exactly. Instead, I'll just speak over the presenter who's, I don't know. I think that room, it's interesting. I mean, I guess we're just like into it now, basically like, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the DNC today, but right. yeah. I think it's important that first, first things first, maybe we evaluate it as an aesthetic experience. Yeah. I think that that yeah. room that they have the celebrity, like the daily celebrity presenter in, Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me just a little too much of like a '90s like uh, perp watch show, like yeah, Unsolved yeah, Mysteries, totally. uh, America's Most Wanted kind or like of thing, Tosh Point or something like really <laughs> awful of the early aught oh, era. Boy. Yeah. Well, I think I say like America's Most Wanted specifically, maybe because like you know hard cutting from that particular room to like Colin Powell just like you know. <laughs> America's Most Wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you want an extra episode every week, go ahead and become a patron at patreon.com slash death panel pod. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously today we are going to talk about the DNC. Mm-hmm. We've seen enough. We've seen to yeah. evaluate based on the we criteria ready for it to be judged. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That we, we walked in um, ready to evaluate on. And I mean, maybe before we get into the specifics of the night to night events, shall we call it? It was mm-hmm. kind of just like one long video at the end of a middle school graduation kind of thing where <laughs> everything's cut together. The music doesn't work. The transitions are awkward. Um, but overall format wise, pretty sloppy. The McKinsey vibes on this were quite high. <laughs> this yeah. felt very corporate retreat intro video or MLM seminar in a hotel somewhere. Um, <laughs> it, well, yeah, I think it felt like not one of those but like kind of an amalgam of those it's like nothing about it feels cohesive it's just like this bizarre like piecemeal like aesthetic object i think in a way that like i was kind of surprised at that sloppiness well because i mean if you listen to what they're saying you're just basically the entire uh like so far the entirety of the event has just been like mainlining american imperialism Mm -hmm. right and like yeah and to <laughs> greater or lesser degrees, like uh, either like white supremacy or basically like, pull yourself up by your boots, bootstraps shit. Like um, Vince, I know the one that you've seen the, le- the least of is the third night, but there's this whole segment in like in last night's uh, mm-hmm. situation where they're, they're talking about they, they basically bring on they talk about um, immigration and in order to do this. They bring on these like people who they're presenting as sort of like friendly immigrants or something. And they keep hammering on the fact that they pay their taxes. Yeah. Like, and it's like my mom oh, was God. a good citizen and paid oh, her did. taxes she always paid her taxes yeah. i did see i did see this part that but was sorry beyond the pale i guess what confuses me about all of that is that if you're going to do that i mean there is an ex, there is an aesthetic already sort of to american imperialism so yeah i think like yes yeah, so as we've kind of 
been saying, setting it up in this sort of like hybrid of, you know, Cisco systems, like Zoom conference room Mm -hmm. and like adult swim (laughs) show or something, you know, is like a little strange. I mean, to the point of literally being, I mean, the editing and that like. The Billy Porter video looked, yeah, looked like a, like a Tim Heidecker Oh, straight, yeah, straight yeah. up. It's like literally like if they got fucking Eric Wareheim to edit that video, I would not be surprised. Also, who was the white guy playing guitar? Like what? Steven Stills. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't Come make on. it any better. There, he was, pl- it was a Crosby, Stills, and yeah, Nash Yeah, I know, song. but I, yeah. I, I still, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, no, no it, and, but it's like, it's really funny because he's so literally like phoning it. It looked like, I mean, it looks like um, uh, that Corey Archangel video where it's like just all the people from YouTube playing guitar <laughs> yes. and it's just like yes. a super cut. It looked like, it, like is practically like that. You know what I mean? Corey's video In was like of, better, much, much oh, yeah, more Corey's watchable video better, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More and more like cohesive. When are they, when, yeah. When are they going to give up the, uh, the pretense and just start like asking video artists to like do they the production? They would be smart to do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if you ask I mean, video artists to do this, you would get some really creepy, um, very compelling shit probably. Well, maybe that brings us to something that we have, uh, not yet mentioned, which is that, um, as you may have already been able to tell, today is just me, Beatrice, and Vince. Yeah, um, no fail so today. We won't exactly disclose uh, why that is. Um, he's definitely not conducting any sort of, uh, you know, Phil is based in Wisconsin, as we have uh, mentioned. Phil is definitely not conducting any sort of uh, clandestine hacking operation. He's absolutely <laughs> not going to be uh, rigging the teleprompter right now to make sure that Biden endorses Medicare for all or like full <laughs> abolition of the prison industrial complex. But um, I know. actually have a message from Phil um, that we'll have Daniel read real quick. It's Phil reporting live from Milwaukee. I have sent this message for Daniel to read. I regret that I will not be able to join the show today because I have been recruited to punch up Joe Biden's speech tonight. (laughs) Particularly when it comes to the budget deficit. The one issue the kids like more than Medicare for all and even legalizing marijuana. If I have my way he will rap about the deficit with common. This level of public works is ambitious in the American context. And a hopeful sign that Biden recognizes the power of government action. But according to Dylan Matthews, it's all going to have to be paid for. Long live the death panel. You guys saw that, right? That basically they're they're talking about there was that there was a comment made um, by a Biden uh, advisor or something earlier this week saying essentially like, well, you know, expect uh, if Biden does win the presidency, like expect uh, like don't expect a lot in terms of uh, big works or, or, or public policy, because we're going to we're going to basically like be going in with a, I think they called it a. A bear pantry mm-hmm. because the deficit is so high because that's a real thing. Shut yeah, up. they've also been like there is a lot of language and that was sort of framing this as like Joe Biden and Barack Obama set this up while in office. It was then dismantled by Trump. If it hadn't been dismantled, everything would be fine right now. Right. The thing that basically I keep right, I kept like when taking notes on all of this, I kept writing down was like the word fucking civility. They're like, yeah, they are just like obsessed beyond like any overriding like policy goal or like ambition for like the office. Like his obsession is literally with like stop being rude to other foreign leaders. That's like. Noted podcaster Michelle Obama, like, really hammered that home. And, like, to me, like, that, 
that was like the the thing that like matters to these people like matters more than literally anything else yeah i mean i think that a lot of the messaging clearly had been maybe highly focused tested via an instagram audience or something um the topics probably hired frank luntz to figure out what the democratic party wants (laughs) oh my god and he's like there are some uh indigenous youth who say they're not voting so (laughs) let's just get as many people to say um like i am indigenous vote (laughs) yeah um we'll put michelle in a vote necklace that was wild popular with the teens Mm-hmm. Um, we'll make sure to have uh, Hillary Clinton speak directly to the youths because that's gone <laughs> so well in the past. Yeah, and yeah, um, we'll include as many of the grandkids as possible. Tell that great story about Jill Biden um, putting dead snakes in a bag. People will love it. Right. I mean, <laughs> but the, you know, obviously, this is like part and parcel of what these events ultimately are like designed to do, and sort of the yeah. and sort of the limitation that they have, right? Mm-hmm. Because this entire event, you know, is structured around like it's basically a very long like voter die commercial or something yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. like um, and it's a way to get to know joe well you know? sure but no i mean but what i'm saying is like so for example like the whole thing is like consent manufacturing or whatever mm-hmm. right not only of for course, yeah. not only for like um the idea that you know basically ra- wrapping everything in the idea that like okay, we've taught, we've like tussled out our differences or something. And now, uh, and now like Biden is the standard bearer. Who's like heard all your complaints. And now, uh, now they're going to like push forward and whatever version of Joe Biden you think could be like in the future. Right. However, Mm -hmm. like for like uh, gesturing to progressives, like it's cool. You can pull him left and gesturing to, uh, conservatives via like, you know, the myriad of Republicans they've trotted out. Right. Yeah. Literally standing (laughs) at a crossroads. Yeah. People who like totally win elections, uh, like (laughs) brought, like trotted out, right. Trotted out to be like, no, it's cool guys. You can pull Joe Biden. Right. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. We're all good here. We're all friends here. And then fucking, I, I think, um, I remember like last night, for example, we turned on the stream um, and the moment we turned on the stream, like we turned it on like right at the time or something and like it just jumped into no, no bumper or anything. It just turned on directly to, hi, I'm Kamala Harris. (laughs) (laughs) um, I was in the other ah, room. It was chilling. But her, but her, um, her statement, her sort of thesis at the beginning, because they're, you know, they're drumming up this whole thing about how it's like all about voting and how voting is like the one mechanism that you have for registering democratic Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, sentiment or whatever. This is how, this is the one lever of power that you, the citizen have to pull is to vote. That's literally, that's, that's the messaging throughout this entire thing Mm -hmm. with the maybe exception to say one charitable thing about, uh, what Adi said in the, in the healthcare thing before we talk about that later, but like with maybe the exception of how like Adi Barkin mentions, like we must, he says like, we must vote them in, vote Joe Biden in and then bring a bill to his desk. Not saying what that bill was, of course, but like, you know, that's like, I think the one sort of like para, para voting or something message that is stated the whole time. But Kamala's message at the beginning of day three Mm -hmm. ends with literally why are they afraid when we vote? Because when we vote, things change. Ah. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, how can you 
like they can't they can't keep saying that over and over again <laughs> and clearly when demonstrating that things change <laughs> nothing will fundamentally change <laughs> yeah right. but yeah. things will change but nothing will fundamentally change things however will change yeah <laughs> i mean no i was just going to i mean fundamentally this entire convention this campaign like the energy of the dnc at the moment has nothing to do with policy it has nothing to do with like wielding political power it has completely turned its energy and attention to the the particular mechanism of voting as like the way to like capture the public's attention like and well, but, again, but again that's what all the, that's what like not the conventions themselves but at least the like television presentation of conventions is like fundamentally for at the end of the day which is to like be you know oh, yeah. be a huge commercial like a promotional event or whatever like the super bowl of of like get out the fucking vote or whatever right, right? Exactly. but it's like I, I i guess what i mean is what is really interesting is it's so maybe it's the format or maybe it's like just the particulars of how this of how the primary itself played out but it's really it's interesting to witness it as a reinforcing of again you know the one lever of democratic power that you have that you can wield Mm -hmm. is like your one vote Mm -hmm. we will not mention however the degree to which the option for what to vote for has been so deeply prescribed, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> it's like, make sure you know, okay, this is the best thing going. Like, I mean, this is the ideal f- situation for them to yeah. lead into, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, like this framing makes so much sense to me, especially when you consider the the history since the, like, let's say like early to mid eighties of the national party, leadership Mm -hmm. right uh you have Rahm Emanuel who like thought that the lesson to be learned from what was it the 88 election was that Democrats needed to raise more money needed to uh look to business interests more needed to be more aggressive Mm -hmm. and that's that's been slow right but frankly like I think Tom Perez has taken up the mantle and really run with it I wouldn't be surprised if they hired Frank Lutz to do this because (laughs) there was a lot more of the rhetoric of like overt threats yeah it's a Mm -hmm. I think voter die was a great way to put it Artie because it's like a it's a chiding and a shaming it's pointing blame the way that like we've seen the Republican Party do that since like the like I don't know, Reagan era very effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. And Democrats have just like finally been uh, like caught up and are excited to be able to like play that game too so deeply in the context of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Just it's uh, the, the, the sort of patronizing, condescending you're a smart person, so you're going to wear a mask. You're a smart person, so you're going to vote. Teens, I know you're disaffected and you might not feel represented in this, but if you don't vote, you're being irresponsible and you might die. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I feel like it was a word cloud. That's why I said, was it focus tested via Instagram? Because to me, it felt like this was a bunch of quote posts that were just like, okay, (laughs) let's make sure that there's a BLM mention in every single thing. Let's make sure we admit we mention Mention this constituency. BLM spelled out in big children's blocks behind her. Cool brag. Great. Who who did that? (laughs) Like Team Warren. Who at the last minute was like, saw some fucking letters on the floor and was like, 
I've got it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, the Warren Democrats Twitter account p- proudly tweeted out and was like, "BLM in the blocks." As it's like, did Pod Save America. Yeah. Oh great. No, I mean, but this is. I mean, this is kind of the problem. Actually, it's it's sort of, and I think this is going to be backed up eventually when we get to talking about the healthcare stuff. But like, so much of this and so much of the aesthetics here are trading on this idea of like making it as broadly interpretable or whatever as possible. Mm-hmm. Which you know is you know. This is not a, that's not a new observation by any means, no. but like just to ground it, it's like for like, first of all, it's trading obviously entirely on sentiment. It's like, okay, I'm going to put BLM in the, in the, in the background or whatever, uh, <laughs> as this Literally. Out, subliminal message or something, or as this like Easter egg or something for you to find, it's like which the is like I great, spy why, democratic 2020 edition. Yeah. But, uh, but so that, you know, it just like allows this, uh, it's, it allows it to be this totally intangible object or something like this thing that can be read from like a, I don't know, a prism or something like, you, right. so whatever, <laughs> whatever angle you're coming to it from, like you're supposed to be able to like interpret it in the most charitable possible light. But again, the, like the aesthetics are so bad and it is done so fucking poorly that it's so extremely sloppy. easy to see it. Not as like, again, I don't know, a prism, but as like just a chunk of glass or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I think that realistically what this is, is for, it is like a, is like a presentation sort of presented for boomers and those Easter eggs are added by and for exactly. (laughs) I mean, by and for boomers so that like they can essentially go to like their millennial children and grandchildren and like, when they have like arguments, they're like, no, but Joe Biden is in favor. Look at the BLM in the back. And like, right. You know, I think it's used They're They're used as like, uh, evidence, evidence of his, uh, support for like, you know, whatever progressive cause, um, without like actually having to, to signal it so that like most of the time the boomer feels like very safe about like the idea of Joe Biden. Like safety was was, like a big safety and comfort are really like were were big themes. This, Oh yeah. I mean, law and order. Yeah. (laughs) Like literally with Mariska on it. Oh yeah, that's Um, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is actually sort of the idea of like social justice representation that Ryan Murphy championed with shows like Glee, which was if you like put it in the (laughs) background, it will push the Overton window. And if you put it in the background, people will see it as humanized. So all you need is like a, the lesbian or the Nazi character to be a lesbian for you to like be okay with gay people or something (laughs) like, you know, that's sort of like, um, I think what the, the perceived angle is, is to signal that like the Joe Biden campaign gets it. They hear Mm -hmm. you. Joe Biden listens. They say that possibly 40 some odd times. I stopped counting at a certain point. He cares about you. It was great. He cares about everybody. The New York Times elevator operator who was like, I could tell that Joe Biden really listened to me and Mm -hmm. he was going to carry my story forward when he left the room. And I feel like what the aim here is, is, okay, Joe Biden's saying, or his team is saying, we hear you. We see you. We understand that these are all issues. We've, you know, hashtagged and and keyworded every single constituency, right, to make mm-hmm. sure that you understand that we see you. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fight for you and carry the idea of you forward with us as we do what we need to do to survive as a society, which will involve yeah. compromise 
for right. sure. We'll but carry we the idea. see you and we will carry your idea forward. The, uh, well, the idea of you, the aesthetic right. shell of you. <laughs> right. right. Well, and, and, and it's, it's that some people like this wor- like this world is too difficult for everybody to survive but <laughs> joe biden is going to make sure that you well, specifically survive honestly what better way to defer uh, political action than to like name oh, the yeah. issue and say it's recognized and being considered well yeah again mm-hmm. it's like urban pacification except exactly. for it's just being done in this case as like a pr move or something like trying to like socially reproduce the idea that everything is just fine and dandy or whatever which basically is just exactly what they did in 2016 like america is already great is like slapped all over this uh Mm -hmm. presentation basically but i mean to that point it's kind of like it it's wild because it's like if they could have just done the propaganda a little better i mean again think of the circumstances in which this event is happening we've talked before actually we talked as we talked on the about on the patron episode at the beginning very briefly um this week uh at the beginning of that episode like you know this is an event that's going to happen that is happening in a vacuum. Um, like it is, it is something where normally the idea is that like you are, it, it creates, uh, it creates like a locale in which these people are forced to meet, which can encourage like protest, civil unrest, like the Mm -hmm. actual physical and material disruption of proceedings Mm -hmm. if necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead they've like, you know, replicated this as a shell and turned it into, you know, like a fucking Toyota commercial or whatever. Not even, not even that good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, for all the things that we've said about Marianne Williamson's uh, whole uh, wellness self-help deal Mm -hmm. in the past, like she did put it quite well in saying that it's like, uh, I think on Twitter she said it's like binge watching a Marriott ad but it's like yeah it's like at at that sort of aesthetic level again you know not even car commercial level basically and so it's funny because if you can imagine like if they actually had done they they had actually interestingly you know if in the long term and i know that clearly they're not good at strategic thinking over at the democratic party but like if in the long term sort of their intention would be to actually like fundamentally kneecap a generation of like leftist sentiment right Mm -hmm. in the united states you know they could have probably like turned the propaganda values up way higher you know like really invested in this to the point that people like legitimately called for the entire event to be like this four years from now again Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean to Mm -hmm. make it so that you don't have to deal with these like and you know i maybe that will still happen again as i said like people have astoundingly reacted to this very positively um and what i can only uh, imagine is like an act of like hyper normalization or like mass delusion or something but um yeah maybe they're just in collective shock and starting to feel very warm yeah but the other thing is like well we've got the glasses from the we have the glasses from they live over here (laughs) (laughs) sorry the trick is you just actually have to go blind and then you see everything right yeah there we go yeah (laughs) We have we have the glasses from the they live, which are bees blind eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they there's a way in which like you can totally see how the organizers of this event are going to get done with it this year and be like, wow, that was a uh, was a lot better. That was a lot easier. Like, yeah. you know, this maybe we should just do that again. And then like well, I think that they're going to use the roll call honestly uh, to like oh, do yeah. that to do oh. that transition. 
Yeah. I mean, do we, I think we should talk about the healthcare thing in a second, but like, should, should we just briefly touch on the roll call? Cause actually that is one thing that I've seen countless things of like the roll call was done. Like the way that the roll call was done to nominate Biden was exactly the way that should be done or something. Mm-hmm. Wow. To just yeah. further minimize any possible perception of physical like bodies uh, showing dissent in yeah. future mm-hmm. conventions to make right? it so that they can just say whatever, uh, whatever delicate delegate figures that they want uh, on like in the like live stream video or whatever and you won't ever have the uh the person in the background like shouting and saying like no because you've also got the opponent like primary challenger delegate who is there and who's going to call you on it right Right. instead you just do a little live stream video you get your fucking uh what is it um you get your you get your like fucking line cook out there with your calamari you know uh you're good (laughs) my god um yeah I mean, it's the calamari it's, comeback. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Rhode Island, the or sorry. Yeah. The calamari comeback state of Rhode Island. Yeah. He, he uh, wanted to point out that calamari is available in all 50 states. No <laughs> word on the territories. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know the story behind that guy, right? No, no. I. Is that, <laughs> Who is that, this that guy? I didn't realize like I was a guy, like a guy other than just some delegate who um, okay. went with like a tourism board's recommendation really hard. Oh, even better. <laughs> he sort of formed that tourism board's recommendation. Oh. So, oh uh, so here, p- little small public service, brief public We're service announcement die. for the yeah, <laughs> we are <laughs> um, brief public <laughs> service announcement for uh, everyone who may have been struck by the oddness of some of the roll call videos and in particular the one yeah from rhode island where um someone was like like big kind of chubby white guy standing off to the left and then there's Mm -hmm. some guy who's you know either a restaurant worker or at least dressed like one standing next to him holding uh holding a plate of calamari so that guy is uh representative um i don't know his first name but representative uh mcnamara from rhode island and basically uh there's a story that like in 2013 Mm -hmm. someone like mentioned to him that uh rhode island was like the squid uh catching and basically like production capital of america or something cool and so he personally led an individual like campaign to have calamari declared rhode island's official state appetizer So that is why he specifically was calling out calamari and saying this and because like and literally he got up, I guess, in the in the state uh, in the state house of uh, representatives or whatever in Rhode Island and basically gave this uh, gave this like whole speech about how rousing you know, speech how well like how like you know uh wrote like rhode island is is so discounted like people don't like us for no good reason like we need to we need to like encourage tourism and, and encourage people to like to you know buy buy our state's products and we we already make like we already you know are such a, a source a source for uh squid and other types of seafood like let's let's lead a campaign around calamari uh because it's like available in every state and uh and let's like make a point to be like you know even like even guy fieri has it literally he said this on the house floor like even guy fieri has a calamari recipe so Uh, of course guy fieri has a calamari recipe that's a short story for you you're welcome (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, by the way, I just was like curious to see if like New York had a, a state appetizer. Oh boy. Because I was kind of hoping that we could have some sort of like uh, Italian American like state competition for mm-hmm. state appetizers. It turns out we don't, but New York does have a state snack. Okay. Yogurt. Which- Yogurt. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I feel like I New York's. I feel like New York's state appetizer is like uh, being told to go fuck yourself while like waiting online for for a restaurant that doesn't take reservations. <laughs> New York State's Rat appetizer attached is- to pizza. <laughs> um, no, I think this is chopped cheese. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, exactly. Bodega, Bodega sandwiches. Sandwich. No, but not even because I was gonna say it would actually make even more sense for how fucked state politics are if it was like. Yeah, yeah, the state appetizer is buffalo wings because <laughs> buffalo. Right. But. I would have assumed it was like buffalo wings or we were going to go for some sort of like little Italy situation right. where we were, you know, we were going to get into like yeah, New York state Zappoli. is not proud of New York City, so they'd never do that. So, I well, know. I mean, anyway, we live in hell. South so. Carolina's state Speaking, snack is boiled peanuts. <laughs> Speaking cool. <laughs> Wow, we're off on a tangent. Let's talk about, speaking of New York, let's talk about Cuomo's speech. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can we, like, because it is the New York crew, we should we should take this the opportunity to... This is a good transition, to, too, because he, he introduced such a key conceptual point for wait, the duration. Was, this is literally... Go the for it. Go for notes. it, Ben. I mean, the, the phrase COVID is the symptom was oh. just just, like had me in stitches i was dying and basically he he makes this like sort of incredible like incredibly like myopic comparison where he essentially compares our quote-unquote body politic with uh like a like a diseased body um and Mm. and exactly and you're you're letting okay i'm shocked vince that you did not say covid is a metaphor was the fucking thing that stood out to you there that was the last thing that that was sorry that was written right under covid he also said (laughs) that the federal government is our immune system yeah as uh as a diseased body (laughs) yeah do you want to explain why that's actually a better metaphor than cuomo thinks and he does not mean what he thinks it means <laughs> yeah i was gonna say in a sense yeah you could say that um that our federal government is an immune system which is currently um dysfunctional uh that's totally actually kind of pretty accurate except for mm-hmm. like absolutely not in the way that cuomo thinks that it is i mean especially if you consider the fact that like what actually makes you feel like shit when you're sick is the physical actions of your immune system in your body. Um, Yeah. Like the federal government is totally like an immune system because it, uh, it could work properly, but when it's dysfunctional, it's fucking sucks. Yeah. And the CARES Act is just a rogue antibody. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I think uh, it, of course, like his whole speech to me was so funny because one, as I was like talking and joking with on Twitter with a few uh, New York state politics beat reporters, poor Cuomo. Now they won't let him out without his PowerPoint. So of course he had to appear with his characteristic PowerPoint. Also, I mean, I think it was funny too, to hear him say everything in the past tense about COVID yes. because he's just doubling down so hard. Read this whole book thing about how he fixed COVID and it's totally over yeah. and it's going to totally blow up in his well, face today, before October. Well, today he was giving a press conference and literally unprompted. He pivoted straight to a defense of 
his book saying like, no, I'm, I'm not writing a history of COVID. I'm writing a in progress. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Guy, uh, bet guy, you, I'm, I'm saying please. it right now. I bet you it's either delayed or canceled and never comes out. I don't know. Word. I mean, it's already, it's like literally already from pre-orders, I guess is on like mm. bestseller lists and shit. You, I, mean, I mean, you can't un- underestimate the degree to which like people have been sold him as a figure outside of New, like especially outside of New York, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, um, yeah. as like a, as a as a figure, especially also at that moment as we covered so like in that weird like you know dead zone moment that we covered for so long that was like where it was clear that Congress wasn't going to act. The Joe Biden campaign was like literally just doing it's like hiding in the basement mm-hmm. thing and like yeah. suspiciously not campaigning or Playing even doing snakes, like live uh, doing like live events. Um, and so like he really became this this like figure mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's going to be funny because he's going to release the book like literally in the middle of a second wave. It's oh, gonna it's going to be so gonna funny. It's going to be a disaster. Except for the part where people are going to die. That part won't be funny, but. No, but, but it'll be think... fun. The schadenfreude of Cuomo's yeah. pain Agreed. specifically will be funny. Yeah, I honestly agree. don't think that's going to like. That guy is like able to to handle like way more cognitive dissonance than like than like putting out a a historical book about COVID like in the middle of a second wave, he can handle that. Like don't, don't underestimate that. Cause the other funny thing that I thought on, on it was in the second night, they basically like didn't make any reference to seniors dying in long-term care facilities of COVID. I'm assuming because that just like would have made uh, COVID made Cuomo look too bad. It it was like kind of crazy. They started like in the section of the, healthcare uh whatever you want to call it like presentation they literally just like glossed over that yeah they <clears> left <throat> it well they basically left it to audi to say yeah so now it's probably a good time to to move on to the healthcare segment from day two which yeah. was mm-hmm. particularly painful came right after the roll call so right yep. after he has just been named yeah uh, the nominee officially delaware is the last state that is a really awkward long shot <laughs> with some definite delay one of the most absurdly tragic moments of the entire thing so far then occurs, which is the uh, like celebration sequence, which is oh, super wow. bizarre. Oh, yeah, celebrate good times. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, the weird stiff shots of uh, people clapping on Zoom or whatever. Also, yeah. just like, what? Yeah. That's seriously? Yeah. Like, read the room, read the basement. Like, well, Pick and a then we saw. <laughs> well, then we dive right into healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, should we play the opening montage? It's the toughest battles that called for the steadiest leadership. Again and again, they were told to give up on affordable healthcare. And then they did. They knew it would cost them politically. <laughs> the Republicans say this will prove to be unpopular. Bill is a legislative train wreck. But not nearly as much as it would cost the American people if they did nothing. We are not going to slow up on providing affordable health care for Americans. Health care is a natural American <laughs> right. Giving up on the Sorry. Affordable Care Act would have meant leaving 20 million without coverage out in the cold. But Joe Biden wasn't about to give up because he knew what it was like to stand in their shoes. He was sworn wow. into the Senate next to a hospital bed. Forty years later, one of those little boys, his son, Bo, 
was diagnosed with cancer and given only months to live. If you guys ever do this uh, to me for activism reasons after I die, I will be I will haunt you. <laughs> Just FYI. His family was one of the lucky. If you ever advocate for band-aids in my name, I will haunt you. <laughs> his son got 40 more years of life, all because he had health care. <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> all because his Now, it's unthinkable that Donald Trump is trying to take that health care away. In the middle of a pandemic, he's still trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. It's a threat. There we go. There's another threat. This fight is personal for Joe. As personal as it gets. Joe, who's been uh, basically in government since age 29, had fantastic insurance as an elected representative for He's thinking about how having health care saved his boys. Mm, his boys. His plan talks about lowering drug prices and making care more affordable. He's thinking about Bo, who spent his final days in comfort. Oh, it's just so good to know insured. he's thinking about Bo all the time. Joe Biden. Well, it's like, yeah, let's get, let's get, um, I think what the dude from the Coen brothers movie, the dude, or a guy who sounds like it. And I know the movie is not called the dude. I don't care, but like to what basically assert that there is no line between healthcare and health insurance and to like really drum up the idea. Like let's get him to like conflate the idea that healthcare is the same exact thing as health insurance and then really drum Mm -hmm. up the idea and manufacture consent for how like, because Joe Biden's son died of cancer. Answer, like he is uniquely positioned to know and understand healthcare. Well, um, it's, it's as if they just rolled back the clock and all of the like public discourse of under insurance is just gone. Right? Yeah. Like right. there's been a biblical flood. Later, but yeah. I mean, but that is the only time so far in three days that either long-term care or anything relating to uninsurance is mentioned is during Adi's like, yeah. Well, and what, no, I mean, what Jeff Bridges is like trying to sort of like <laughs> communicate to you or is is seemingly in a completely separate world where like the only challenges that we have today in healthcare is that like uh, too many people die of cancer and yeah, like, exactly, you know, I mean, it's this like outpatient hospital ad from 2002 about like (laughs) we're still like we're fighting for the cure and like that unsolved cures for diseases is like the uphill battle that like our healthcare system faces yeah well and then that's all reinforced in like the the following thing is joe biden participating in a round table that's something like a cross between like he's i was joking on twitter it's like he's surrounded by like the big slabs from evangelion where he's like like. addressing the council of 13 from venture brothers or something Uh like that uh, it's a bunch of the remote ordering kiosks from mcdonald's (laughs) what's joe biden doing in a mcdonald's He's going for the Bill Clinton thing. He's like doing the Bill Clinton thing of of jogging into McDonald's to get a burger. Totally. Yeah. Why are the why are the drive through why are the drive through screens attacking Joe Biden? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think personally, as a um, as a person with a complex medical uh, condition and lots of high medical costs there, I took particular issue in the framing of um, 
he cares about health insurance because his son died of cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I wonder how much of that translates, uh, as this like faux pas outside of like my specific experience. Like, I'm not sure if it reads this way to other people, but to say my son experienced no pain in the last days of his life because he had private insurance is fucking wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had really bad brain cancer, right? Like, of course he was in pain. That's what cancer does. Like, right. are you fucking kidding me? Having well, I, really good health insurance does not mean that your family is not left with a $200,000, $400,000 bill after you die. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, and, who is and, this supposed to reassure but the healthy people who don't have medical costs? Yeah. Yet? Right, right. I mean, obviously, like the link between Joe Biden's family has like experienced like medical tragedies and like Joe Biden is the best person to like forge a future for America's healthcare future something, you know, whatever, like forge is, a partnership, if you forge, will, yeah. for America's exactly. healthcare future. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. Forging a partnership for America's healthcare future is like a purely aesthetic one. And like this montage is designed to create that aesthetic bond, right? But it just like, if you sit for one fucking second like, and interrogate literally anything that Jeff Bridges says, it, it like falls apart. <laughs> well, in, like, I mean, also like when it comes to the round table um, drive-through experience, you know, it was like very intersectional, shall we say. You had someone with a rare disease, um, mm-hmm. with like that has an expensive medication, right? Mm-hmm. That's one constituency. You had someone with a child that had a disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the NICU costs, you know, they represented all of the issues. Someone who was diagnosed with cancer while uninsured and and delayed treatment because they were uninsured. They had someone who only was diagnosed with cancer because they had an ACA plan and got a screening, part of their free annual screening, right? So they had all these constituencies that were going to just show sort of the people who were saved by the ACA, I guess. And they do such a good job of like showing these people who have survived by the ACA and like not ever really letting them mention like what the actual like problem really could have been or like right. what it what it was like it was just like everything relating to their exchange plan no like it's i think just well they hammer over the they hammer explicitly actually the the thing which is you know maybe one of the truly more important parts of the ACA, which is the elimination of like the lifetime cap mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on insurance coverage. Cause you know, that's, a, that's like a, that is a very real thing. And it right. is, uh, it is, you know, something that is easy to, you know, again, if you're manufacturing consent, like take the thing that is like a, clearly a big win that you can, you can promote, uh, as though like that was it. And then we did it. And then we did healthcare. Congratulations. Like Mm -hmm. I will promise like, and this is the one time in the entire thing and the entire, uh, uh, convention, like over the course of the several days, like public option is only uttered once. And it is during this round table with like, again, McDonald's kiosk order screens or whatever. Um, where he says Medicare like public option. Yes. He says, we'll do a Medicare like public option. Um, or we'll do a Medicare like option, a public option. He like says it kind of quickly and then, uh, says basically, and then says the statement, which is, I get, it does come from the, the policy document, which we've talked about on, on past episodes of like Mm -hmm. Biden's healthcare plan. But like, um, 
he says it in the, just the way that it's phrased was so funny to me. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he says uh, a public option and then says like where any state where you qualify for Medicaid and you can't get it, you'll uh-huh. be automatically enrolled. Which, so I don't know what that's supposed to mean because really? there are so many yeah. fucking barriers to getting Medicaid in the first place and you have to be so fucking destitute and in most states so to get Medicaid. Yeah. What the fuck is that right. even supposed to mean? It Nothing. is meaningless. It's garbage. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's not meant for anyone that's had to actually interact with these systems because like, if you pay any attention to your own healthcare and you've had to use it, right? right. There right. are multiple red flags over yeah. and over and over again exactly. that you're like being reassured you had to use it's it. fine it's fine it's gonna be fine we just have to elect biden if we don't elect biden it won't be fine right but exactly right. and if you and if you have had like an experience with the medical system or have like a complex medical condition a chronic health condition or a disabled or anything like that that requires a lot of care you know that these it's this is, I guess, what I'm saying, even in terms of like how, how fucking stupid are they? They can't even just like lie anymore because it's yeah. like they you, you can't even you can't even pretend to do the propaganda of assuring those people who are essentially like the people. I mean, maybe they don't even know who they're supposed to be messaging to to on healthcare. Maybe they've decided that the people that they're supposed to be messaging to on healthcare are like the average rando uh, democratic voter who doesn't actually think of it as an important issue, but sort of like acknowledges that everyone thinks it's a really big deal. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like some theoretical construct of someone who like, I don't know, exists as a fucking body without organs or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but like the thing that really grossed me out about like the McDonald's uh, drive through was just that like, Literally, it did the thing that we talk about all the time where politically all of these like patient interest groups get sort of by themselves or by politicians like siloed into like, we want our thing, like we want our thing, like, you know, and putting them on separate screens, like created like literal physical aesthetic silos. Well, it was totally on brand or it was like, it was completely, again, you know, ideologically consistent, actually, you know, exactly like you're saying basically like you know it is it is the um you know for example actually like b was pointing out um during like during biden's little virtual roundtable thing like one of one of the people who's who talks about like getting a cancer diagnosis and then Mm -hmm. going on the exchange was able to do so specifically because there is a special enrollment period for people who are diagnosed with cancer specifically. Now, there are a lot of other things you could get diagnosed with that are just as, if not profoundly more impactful to your health that do not include such a like opportunity to what go shop for fucking insurance that you probably Mm -hmm. can't afford anyway. Like, right. This is, this is a conversation for a later day, but Biden's like history of um, like work on cancer right he famously um announced uh, multiple times that cancer moonshot he was going to (laughs) kill cancer or cure cancer or Mm -hmm. whatever like forever and he's fucking face shoot it in the <laughs> face not the ankle yeah um, i if i am president i joe biden will tell cancer 
get off my plane. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden has a long legacy um, as a legislator of working with cancer orgs, right? Like mm-hmm. who um, and has like been involved in advancing legislation that that has like hurt uh, maybe the patient population in general, like medicalized bodies in general, but really right. helped cancer. And and that's been, you know, things that have redirected research money and changed uh, drug laws and um, created fast and track provisions, yeah. right? Insurance regulation, drug pricing, creating like patient support programs, fast track provisions for um, getting uh, fast track through Medicare, right? Mm-hmm. Or a Medicaid application. That are all very um, wonderful resources if you have cancer. And frankly, to me, make me wonder why the whole system doesn't work like that all the time. Right. Right. Because this is but then this is the thing. Exactly. And this is why we talk about this all the time. And and like, uh, you know, get this is why we get upset about things like the charity industrial complex and disease based Mm -hmm. advocacy groups, Mm because, you know, disease based advocacy groups do this shit all the time and advocate for like really regressive policies that have a carve out specifically for for them them. in doing so. Not only, you know, uh, like occupying but like enabling and furthering like incentivizing uh like anti-solidaristic behavior Mm -hmm. basically um which is just like like it's you know i don't know it's like austerity 101 basically right you you say like oh we can only provision so much care or we can only provision uh, care for specific people specific disease groups specific disease types the rest of you can fight for fucking scraps against each other with what little you have so basically you know get ready to like just like strap well, into fucking well, die. Basically. I would I would like to point out that like the most uh, chilling line I've ever heard from a government representative in my quest to uh, do my SSDI appeal was a social security administration officer who said, I'm really sorry. It seems like you're really sick. Um, you know, there's not much I can do for you, but please call us back if you get the big C. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like, no shade towards people with cancer at all but like why the fuck is that the sort of system that this administrator is working under right and it's it's yeah. directly corollary to this this massive you know nonprofit industrial complex and lobbying mm-hmm. arm that parallels the the same things that like happen in the pharma industry and in the hospital group industry that also produce policy changes, which like down the line have really negative material impacts on like medicalized bodies in general. And it's so frustrating to see them like up there, you know, maybe this is a good transition to talking about Addy, but to see them up there, like reproducing consent saying that you know medicalized bodies will be safe and protected under this uh expanding the aca um Mm -hmm. plan that they're like expanding and saving the aca likely to do do right yeah as we talked about on monday like in the bonus episode but yeah it's 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 really frustrating to see then like them using medicalized bodies using trauma bonding um to Mm -hmm. try and like demonstrate that the most vulnerable who you've been told for like three months that you should be centering and listening to that those people are a-okay fine with daddy joe's plan for healthcare. before Mm -hmm. before we um move on to to uh the the other component of this i do want to point out one thing which is just to raise um this was something that was not part of the healthcare segment on Mm -hmm. day two um, but that happened on day three which is um they spoke to I, i mentioned before how they like 
we're speaking about uh, immigration and protecting protecting immigrants. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 this is the thing that I was mentioning before that was like uh, the like through narration, et cetera. They like made sure to hammer home like these are tax paying immigrants, not oh, yeah. like those non tax paying immigrants who are so we who, pay taxes. Know, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Like you know, reinforcing that division between deserving and non deserving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but then one of them um, specifically said, because I don't have the right immigration identification paperwork, I can't get insurance yeah. on the exchange. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like, not to, you know, again, not, not, I'm not throwing straight at this person. I'm just like, okay, you know, if I'm fucking trying to manufacture consent here, if I'm the DNC, yeah. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't put that part in. I don't think I would leave that in, frankly, personally. Like, I get, I get what they're trying. To, I get what they think they're trying to say with that. Mm-hmm. Or I think with leaving that in, like, I get what they, I get what the DNC could think that w- would be positive about like having that message out there, which is like, that's right. We need to make sure that like immigrants can buy healthcare on the exchange too. But fundamentally it's like, no, that's one of the reasons why like the two Medicare for all bills, the one in the Senate and the one in the house, like mm-hmm. both cover people like who are just residents of the United States, not right. like mm-hmm. a fucking special carve out for citizens. It's like, you're here. Well, I do a purity we got test. You. Doesn't matter. What's like, the point? Right. But Literally, that's, a, I mean, point? that's, that's a whole, that's, that's like a whole component of Biden's or, or I think at least the sort of strategist's perception of like a big component of Biden's popularity, like with older conservative, you know, Democrats, Republicans, whomever, is that like, he is explicitly not the like, open borders fucking democrat well it's okay instead of doing medicare for all you could just i don't know in any state where you qualify for medicaid and you can't get it you'll be automatically enrolled in <laughs> yeah. something in something uh, for and such a yeah for, for no mention of cost or proactively know. figuring out who qualifies for medicaid and doesn't um mm-hmm. right and uh probably not changing the the, the, the low qualification bar- standard like, yeah not changing the means testing there no no mention of like perpetuating forcing means testing of, uh, you know, work requirements. Um, I mean, okay, so maybe this is like a good time for us to address the, the elephant in the room. Bark and portion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if you're not familiar with Addy, Addy Barkin has ALS and uh, runs an organization called Be a Hero. Um, he is, uh, I would say he is like a advocate for Medicare for all, though not a reliable one. Mm-mm. Is maybe the right way to f- to characterize it. Um, and he spoke at the Medicare for All hearing that happened a uh, lot, like woof, before the primary even started, like mm-hmm. a million years ago. And um, you know, ha- has incredibly compelling testimony. Really helped to center long term care um, in that testimony as well. Kind mm-hmm. of explain long term care, and I think that a lot of work there. It's like very frustrating um, as some like as a sick person, but also as someone who works on this issue though, to see like the way that his, um, like participation was framed, yeah, was framed and yeah. like what his participation like means, like not to people like me, but to like the, to the like healthy bodies, the non-disabled people who don't necessarily like have the same perspective. It's a very different, um, meaning, right? Like you sort of mm-hmm. see Addie and you sort of assume like, okay, like this person, um, who's being 
displayed who is very visibly very sick and they've got mm-hmm. a whole montage explaining how sick he is and ALS mm-hmm. is a very terrible disease right mm-hmm. and um you know like so you assume right that if like Adi who's a Medicare for all advocate is up here that there is some sort of consent right mm-hmm. even if he's trying to get his issue in there and the thing that really sucked is they didn't even let him say Medicare for all yeah mm-hmm. and like I'm frustrated because if I were in that position, I would have like pulled out if that was like on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. best case scenario, he was edited. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case from what we, I don't know. Like, we don't know, but it's incredibly frustrating. And I mean, the real issue here, right, is that if you, especially is if you don't know who Adi is, mm-hmm. right? If you're just watching this again as a spectacle, as like the, you know, vacuum packed, uh, like the vacuum sealed, like zoom conference video wall bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, like spectacle of a convention that it is, you basically see, you've just, again, you know, heard Jeff Bridges tell you like how important healthcare is to Joe Biden. Then you've heard from Joe Biden, uh, you've seen Joe Biden like talk to like a mm-hmm. video roundtable of people. You get introduced to Adi's story, mm-hmm. generally speaking, very generally. Mm-hmm. You kind of basically just learn that he's done uh, he's done activism. They show him explicitly going up against uh, like Republicans, like knocking on Rand Paul's door, mm-hmm. um, you know, confronting a senator on a plane, uh, con- like confronting a congressperson on a plane, and. And then they go into his speech. Mm-hmm. And again, if you don't know who Adi is, right. the stuff that he says, like, it's all, it's all true. There are important things to have been said, right? There's stuff mm-hmm. like saying long-term care is something that's important to protect. Only mentioned. Like, there's something that is saying, like, you know, that he, he alludes to underinsurance, the idea that, mm-hmm. like, even people mm-hmm. who are insured can't get enough, enough care, right? But then ultimately, and this this was especially glaring because so earlier that day, he had uh, he had tweeted out something that was like, you know, we we have to vote Joe Biden in so that we can then put a Medicare for all bill on his desk. Right. right? Mm-hmm. In the speech for the DNC that is seen by the millions of people, again, many of whom will not know who the fuck he is right, right? or who or have just to check learned, his Twitter or bother to yeah or whatever yeah because wh- who who would need to do that? I'm just saying like yeah <clears throat> he then says the same thing without the mention of Medicare for all he says we must elect Joe Biden so that we can put a health care bill on his desk <laughs> and so to me that's like that signals totally this this whole thing I mean we can talk about whether it was you know the the, the whatever the whatever whether it was like whether he was complicit with it or whether he like wasn't or whatever is, is like immaterial. Although we can, we can talk about that because the, the different, the diverging paths do say quite a lot in, in different ways. But at the end of the day, it is like, regardless, you know, if, if this was, for example, like phrasing that he was at all okay with, then Mm -hmm. it's like it to me reproduces this like total bullshit, um, political, uh, political game that, that is so, um, it, it's kind of like the prism thing I was mentioning before, but it's, it's like you present like a shibboleth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so if you're listening and you were in on the Medicare for all fight, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm using mm-hmm. those words. I know mm-hmm. what I like. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, but then if you're fucking, if, 
uninitiated. Again, if you're if you don't know, you're not saying the thing. You're not being explicit. You're not saying he. You could you, like they didn't so much as let him, or he did not so much as let himself say. You know, it is so important that we elect Joe Biden because we have to protect these things. I also want to see it pushed further, Medicare for all, etc. Mm-hmm. Right, but right. but by not going there, you essentially. Again, in a vacuum, if you're watching it, you don't know who he is, which is the majority of people. Um, And even many people who know who he is, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. will see that and just say, great. Audie's signed on for Joe Biden's plan. Right. Great. Mm -hmm. Audie is telling me. If it's okay with him. If it's okay with him. It must be okay with everyone Exactly. And Mm -hmm. that. Because he's so sick looking. Is awful. That is fucking bullshit. If that was like. I, if they if they edited it or if this was like coerced or something <laughs> like I hope that Adi fucking says something about it because that is unconscionable. It is. If mm-hmm. they went along with oh. it, though, I'm sorry. He's a fucking coward. Then yeah. he is. And the thing the thing that's so frustrating is this type of essentializing happens all the time to disabled people. Right. It happens constantly. You it's happened on have, every single night of the DNC. <laughs> yeah, it really actually has. They've been um, going hard on that. And I, I think the consent here to the public is so much greater than any other knock on effect, mm-hmm. I would say, of the convention in general. Like the the absolute translation of like his support. Right. As being something that he's willing to like. You know, he's taking the framework that they could have so easily gone with and gotten so many points if he had been able to say, like, you know, Joe and I disagree on health care. Well, I mean, you that's know, what Bernie said. Right. And like there wasn't anything particularly interesting or challenging about Bernie's speech either. But you would expect no. that from Bernie. But like Addy Barkin critiqued the fact that the House hearing was not taking Um, any activists no one that worked on a medicare for all campaign could testify at the medicare for all hearing Mm -hmm. right it was this Mm -hmm. weird rule and he challenged it publicly and And that's was invited right and that's the only reason that there was any interesting testimony was because addy challenged it and got activists and people who actually knew what the fuck they were talking in Mm -hmm. um along with all the partnership people and the other people that were there to testify against medicare for all so the fact that that's sort of the context of like okay like in the past this person has been willing to publicly state to really fucking go for it yeah right Mm -hmm. to state like a solidaristic oppositional viewpoint right and demand Mm -hmm. that like issues be centered around public health and around the most vulnerable and towards like actual policy that changes people's lives in a way that is dire and, you know, over needed. Right. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean if that person like who has that meaning to people gives consent for whatever, like whether it's Kamala's like 10 year transition to Medicare Advantage plan or a public option, it it's going to, at the end of the day, disappoint people who will need health care, who assume that they're going to be taken care of, and they won't be. Because we know that none of the plans that the Biden team has even floated would really do anything to, like, fix our health finance system or materially, like, make people's health care better, right? Like, 
nor have they even said that they're going to go for that. They've actually said publicly that they're probably not, right? Like there are rumors <laughs> right. going around. There were there was a piece in the Hill. We talked about it on Monday's bonus episode. Like, so it's just so pointless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to just engender despair, further disillusion with the government, further distrust that meaningful change is actually like doable. Mm-hmm. Um, what better way to like, force people through toxic positivity to um, <laughs> just like completely bend the knee. Yeah. Well, yeah. well and- I was just going to say, I mean, the other thing that this does that I think is like super fucking just like sleazy gross is that like the democratic party has this like high minded Michelle Obama idea of itself as like the people who like, you know, like advocate for the policies that they're actually the people who advocate for the policies that they're actually going to try to enact as opposed to the Republicans who they think are sort of like the liars and like the, the, the sort of, you know, like the, the swindlers in politics, like this utterly sort of like shatters that already completely like problematic and like untrue image of themselves as like the like honorable of like the two American political parties. Like, no, yeah. Well, they're, you know, I'm sure they're going to be people who, uh, like get upset, uh, at us after hearing this for like being upset, you know, again, we don't know what the object is here, but either at Audi or at like, I mean, either, either way it's at the democratic party for sure. Yeah. But like, like either that or al- also at Audi or whatever over mm-hmm. it, but also like consider like, again, this, this was, um, well, also, but also consider like, okay, if you think, if you think that that is like us being, uh, you know, uncharitable or whatever to, uh, to like Audi, Audi Barkin, because obviously, you know, he can make whatever decisions he wants just that like, that's, you know, not like it, it's not it's not our problem if we happen to disagree vehemently with those decisions right. but like um at at the end of the day you know as as be foregrounded and be you know medicare for all has been like his signature issue right mm-hmm. fundamentally whatever if you're listening to this and you're upset that we like aren't just going to be like oh good for him for at least like speaking up about these things like how how brave or whatever like consider that the DNC just took someone whose signature, like someone who is dying mm-hmm. and then took their fucking signature issue. Like someone, not only who is dying, but who, what, like it, their long, his long-term care bills are like $9,000 a month upwards or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Upwards of $9,000 a month for long-term care for him because it's not covered in this country. The DNC took someone who is dying, whose long-term care costs are that high and whose signature message, right, is... Medicare for all is like we need to guarantee healthcare as a human right and we need to guarantee like long-term care as part of that and we need to make sure everyone gets it right they took someone like that and then fucking put him up there and like put him on the screen and basically either made or whatever like and basically like made him omit Mm -hmm. that like made him omit what he's actually fought for mm-hmm. like if that isn't fucking patronizing and ableist and condescending i don't know what the fuck is right no i don't know what is like no sorry go ahead vince you okay yep just rage crying sorry <laughs> 
It's I had a feeling that would happen at some point during this part of the conversation. I've been trying not to. I mean, I there were like I posted like they didn't even let Audi say Medicare for all. I posted that when like right after his speech was over because I was shocked because we had been B and I had been in a chat with Tim Faust like in the 24 hours before the convention and I had joked that the DNC would not let him say yeah. Medicare for all. <laughs> Literally, I had joked. I was like, oh, you know, this is probably like also like I'm sure they're going to let him say it. But like, I'll bet like, you know, they're so craven or whatever. I'll bet they won't even let him say like fucking say Medicare for all. It didn't happen like they didn't let him say it. And then, you know, I posted it and people were quote tweeting it saying like I was fucking crying. Like mm-hmm. it yeah. was dehumanizing. I, I was talking like, to a friend of the show and also people friend were of, furious and sad and depressed yeah. over this. Yeah, I was. Like, I mean, I was talking to a friend of the show and also a friend of Tim's, uh, <laughs> Steve Way, about mm-hmm. this like last night because it's just like, you know, I, as a disabled person who like advocates for this stuff, right? Like you're always uh, anxious and trying to like avoid being essentialized and having your identity weaponized against other people like you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing to me because so Addy, like Addy frames his advocacy in the fact in, in long-term care, which is why I mm-hmm. found him to be such a like great potential prospect as someone to push this issue initially. Right. Like I was mm-hmm. really excited because his point on long-term care was so good which was that his care cost $9,000 a month. And he was lucky to have the connections that he had to be able to fundraise that. Right. And what that meant, that $9,000 a month, what that meant was that he could spend the last like months home with his family, mm-hmm. right? Not in, a, not in a facility, not mm-hmm. um, institutionalized, because that's often the only choice for people is they have to be taken out of the community. And this is something we've been talking a lot about on, on reading groups. So if this is at all up your alley, join us on Sundays at five in the server. But like, you know, Addy said, I want everyone with ALS to be able to spend their last months with their family. And Addy spends a lot of that time that he's like worked so hard to be able to get out advocating for Medicare for all. So then Mm -hmm. to put him in the biggest context and the biggest platform that he's had so far, right? Yeah. And to not let him say it? Right. What does that say to every other disabled person that is fighting for healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. What does that say to every other person fighting for federal universal single payer? If mm-hmm. someone as sick as Addy... Yeah, because also not even healthcare. Like, what does it say to anyone who fights for any fucking, like... I don't know, basic right. fucking civil rights. What does it say yeah. for anyone who fights for like fucking anything well, for that and, matter? And to put, like, I think like the, the, the cherry on top to put like a bow on it saying like uncle Joe like cares about you personally is just like this, like ultimately that <clears throat> to, to sort of like take, to take this, like take, take away his signature issue and then like uh launder like uh, uh, sort of Joe Biden's like patronizing patriarchal fucking like image through it, it, it like in service of that uh, like ultimate goal is just like st- it's beyond. It's like yeah. it's just gross. I mean, I guess to bring it full circle, uh, I will say uh, I was astounded at how much this week the entire Democratic National Convention has uh explicitly 
done the opposite of what was clearly its intention, which is <laughs> it has inspired me to really not feel like voting matters at all. Oh, yeah. So, uh, great job, guys. Especially uh, real you... good work at the PR factory over there. Uh, incredible. Just simply fucking marvelous. Especially... I can't, I can't imagine, I can't believe it. Especially... Not that my enthusiasm was particularly high before. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't my know God, if you were I found gettable. a new bottom. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, especially uh, when you consider Hillary Clinton's beautiful. Um, now, young people don't give up on America just yet. Like, uh, <laughs> wonderful message there. They're doing such a good job at reassuring me that that if only we just vote them in in November, then by February, COVID will be fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't I mean, that the feeling you came away with after the first three days? That's of the how we're going to do it. Everything's fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Enough for today? I think that's it. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I I'm out of self-harm points for the day. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I feel like uh, we covered the healthcare. That's the most important part of the DNC, at least to me personally. But, yeah. you know. Um, I have lots of other hobbies, I swear. If you'd like a second episode every week, become a patron and get access to Monday's bonus episode, patreon.com slash pod. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And you get to support the show. So we really appreciate it. And yep. we couldn't do it without you. And I uh, I think that's about time to call it. Yep. Yeah. Brace we yourselves. Miss you, Phil. Miss you, Phil. And, Good uh, luck hijacking the teleprompter tonight. We know you can do it. <laughs> Seal Team 6, uh, you are on it. Yeah, we, we we believe in Phil, you. Phil, as like a as like a as like a SEAL team member, is like maybe the most comical image I can think of. <laughs> I feel like he would be really good. I mean, you know. it's a big empty room. We saw it. We saw it last night. It's a big old empty room. Lots of. I mean, all you have to do Nobody's is just stopping like. You. Hey, wrap yourself in American in an American flag and just slowly roll across the floor. <laughs> no one will notice. I guarantee you. Actually, as long as you move slowly enough. The layout did kind of look like a stealth level or some kind. Yeah, like, absolutely. Libs are yeah. like vampires. If you wait, is it vamp- lighting is low? If you duck down, press square. <laughs> who is it who can't see you if you don't move? What? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah, totally. Also me. If you don't move, I can't see. So, yeah. Depends on where you are in my field of vision. All right, right, all right. That's enough. Good luck, Phil. All right, with that, Medicare for all now. Solidarity forever. Stay alive another week. All right. Oh, man.